Hello, and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast. We're doing great, folks. We are thriving. We are ready to give you another great TV music. I guess not music this week, but other pop culture things in the world worth talking about. Uh, I'm Ernest, and with me are... Hunter. Uh, um, and who am I this week? We can't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know later. You're going to have to guess if I'm Skimble Shanks or Drew this week. Okay. Um, and a very special guest making his uh, return for a second time. It's oh. Dane. Yeah. Se- second session? Third? third. Yeah. Cast. Third episode? Third pod? Yeah. I guess yeah. if you're counting by number of episodes, it's, you're up to four with this session. Yeah, I guess so. If yeah, you're I'm going Dane. by twos. Look at you. you know? Welcome okay, back, Dane. We're I'm so happy. happy to have I, you on the show. Happy uh, to be here. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're doing devs this week, but that's not this episode. You'll have to listen to that separately. Today we're doing some movie, TV, video game catch up stuff, um, and things are things are settling in in this new. Uh, hyper virtual online world that we find ourselves in so i hope that everybody is healthy and safe and that this horrible virus is not affecting you directly and if it is our thoughts prayers and pop culture entertainment energy is with you oh how are you, Dane? I don't, I don't know if that's what I don't know if that's what victims of the coronavirus. That's a, yeah, that's only an earn, that's earnest statement. That's not the whole <laughs> yeah. statement. Well, I mean, we all know that we bought a mic is the thing that people ask for in their final moments. I, I ask yeah, for it all the time. Here provide, we're here to provide an escape for people from the hellstorm that is the outside world. Yeah, uh, that, that's my job here. I, yeah, Ernest, I wake up every morning and I'm like. Is there a new podcast? If so, I need to I need to listen to that shit right now. You you get up, you start tying the noose, and then you're like, wait a minute, let me just check for a new we bought a mic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that in one piece, but but you know, everything second in one piece. Doesn't matter. One piece the anime? Yeah, dude. Oh, <laughs> all right. Nice. The schedule's all messed up right now because of the virus. So, so you, you guys are constant. Up. So so hey. you guys are above one piece right now. Hey, yes. One Piece actually, unlike a lot of pop culture, has a good chance to stick around because it's animated. So they can just keep drawing. Just one dude in his house can just work for 24 hours a day and pump that shit out if need be. That's how animation works, right? It's just one, it's one, just one dude. It's no, just nobody one else. Guy. Yeah. You ever been to the Pixar Studios? It's just one dude. It's just Steve Jobs' ghost is just there, like, just... All right, now the rat. Now it gets on the head, and then it, it makes him cook. He's cooking now. He's he's the cook. I guarantee yeah, you that Steve Jobs was nowhere even close to being involved with Ratatouille. Because yeah, it's like a fever dream. Last it's more yeah. of a last It's too good for Jobs. Jobs would have overcomplicated it. He would have been like, "No, we need to make the rats clean and sleek and sexy." It's like, no, I want my rats dirty. They're rats. I want them, yeah, I want them to smell like shit. That's why I'm attracted to them. That's why I want to fuck the rat that is controlling the man of my dreams. I'm always saying this, and it's just falling upon deaf ears. 
I want to fuck them because they're gross. I don't want to fuck them because they're sexy, curvy rats. Yeah. I walk into my kitchen. I see it covered in rats. I like that. I welcome that. I, I, I start to swell up. <laughs> you all right. Steve Jobs' pitch for Wally was that the corporations are actually good guys. For Wally, ooh, interesting. <laughs> That's a take. Exactly good. Um, so <laughs> we had we decided to bring Dane on this week because he had an interesting take on fucking rats. Is that right, Dane? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have. You're more of a fight guy. Right? Some fucking rats. I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Hey, <laughs> hey. Anyone can cook, okay? If, if there's one thing we've learned in this fucking pandemic is that anybody can cook some stale-ass, flat-ass bread that nobody gives a <laughs> fuck about. Nobody wants to see that shit, okay? But anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And that's all that matters. You're allowed to. You're encouraged to, even. But don't, don't post about it, you know? <laughs> That's the only point of it. Oh, here's another thing I've learned about quarantine. There's still fucking bread. You go to your Publix, <laughs> uh, nature's own honey wheat bread, fucking BOGO right now. Just yeah, it's actually it's actually going moldy on the shelves because people aren't buying it because they're choosing to bake their own bread. It's like so much better than right any, there. anything I could make. <laughs> you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, um, one thing I have been baking is um, some Colombian pastries some colombian little breakfast uh pastries yeah Yeah, some uh cheese bread pan de queso very very yummy highly recommend not that hard get yourself some cornmeal and that's basically all you need you know a little water and some cheese you're good to go highly recommend it some arepas really good uh get get your hands in there molding that dough i'm gonna try this recipe based on Strictly what you've mentioned, cornmeal. <laughs> no, you need to me- measure. <laughs> Please measure the ingredients. A lot of people don't I mean, know that. You can't just throw things in randomly like they do in the movies. That is a step up. I've been cooking authentic white people meals. That includes Kraft macaroni and cheese, boxed mashed potatoes. Kraft is all bad. Yeah. Velveeta. That's where it's at. <laughs> What All if, right, guys. What if you were to just uh, buy good cheese and put it in some macaroni? Call me fucking crazy. <laughs> not that powder but shit? I'm not, yeah. Well, I, the powder I, is white culture, you know? Yeah. If you start venturing into, like, Italian cheese. And Italians are white, cheese, right? Oh, um, right? uh, <laughs> not call me white. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a person of color. Speaking of white culture, I watched a movie yesterday. Oh, yeah. Called Rounders. 1998. You folks seen not, this? Not you heard about this? Not the that, we, uh, that we've ever uh. had. Um, <laughs> so I almost watched this on a plane. I'll get to my plane watching experience and why I was even on a plane in a pandemic later. But I almost watched this. Instead, I decided to watch something else. No, I watched it a while back. I talked about it on the pod a bit, Ernie. Um, um, so... I watched this just because it was on Netflix and I vaguely remembered you um, maybe recommending it. I'm not sure if I, I enjoyed it. I also, I didn't, I think that there are probably at least double digit uh, better options on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just thought, Hey, it's Matt Damon. Hey, it's the nineties. 
Okay, it's poker. Might as well jump in. Matt Um, Damon. This movie is not good. Um, (laughs) But it is very 90s. You know, Matt Damon does have some blonde, kind of borderline frosted tips look for most of the movie. He is in full heartthrob mode in this movie. But I... I kind of like expected it to be like this whiz bang fun poker type of movie. And it's not, it like tries to explore like the heavy side of gambling addiction. Um, But it doesn't like really commit to that a hundred percent. So it it ends up being like this weird thing where it's like kind of trying to go in this, this more serious direction, but it doesn't go all the way. So it, it ends up not like really being anything meaningful. And the only reason why I want to bring it up, because I almost didn't, is John Malkovich is in this movie. Yes. And he gives one yes. of the worst accents yes. I've ever heard in my I, life. I discussed this, like, this was like probably a year ago, but it is the worst accent of all <laughs> fucking time. It's a Russian accent, and it sounds like shit. It's unbelievable. And wasn't he like dating? No, I, I feel like he like got like a lot of like intensive help with this accent, and it, nothing, <laughs> it didn't pay off. Yeah, it, it's and unreal. I think the movie could have been a lot better if it just had fully committed to the serious, <laughs> like let's go in on showing the dark side of gambling addiction because that's what the Edward Norton character represents. It's this guy who went to jail for gambling and is coming out of jail and immediately goes back into the world and pulls Matt Damon in with him and it upends his relationship with with uh, the most forgettable love interest Gretchen Mole who we never heard from again Uh, I don't think it was her fault I just think that the movie didn't care about the love story at all right well because it tries to make it like oh Matt Damon is a lying gambling addict who is really being horrible to his partner but then it's like he's still the hero of the story and we're still supposed to like him so it's like eh. but uh i kind of want to tease a potential segment for a future podcast mm-hmm. that this movie made me uh plant a seed in my brain if you go and look up the poster for this movie it doesn't tell you at all that it's about poker or gambling Mm-hmm. It's just the three main stars looking like slightly alluring and sexy in front of a New York uh, skyline. It's like Times Square, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking, like, is this like a 90s thing? Or is this like, is this still a thing where it's like they actively try to deceive you with the marketing well, about the yeah, premise dude. of the movie? Brave? <laughs> Brave, the animated movie? Yeah, the fucking Pixar movie. I had no clue that movie was about bears until I went to see it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that uh, right now. I I have strong feelings about that movie. uh, The reason that's the case with Rounders is because they had a lot of trouble selling it in the first place as a poker movie. Exactly. That was my thought. Especially because there's a ton of extremely in-depth lingo and it doesn't take a lot of time to slow down and explain it to you. It just, and I, I kind of appreciate that. I don't need a scene where it like tells me how fucking poker works. Right. Um, like I know, I know the basics of like Hold'em and poker and I, you know, all the words that they're saying, 
the point is that they sound cool. I don't think the point <laughs> is fully understanding every single moment of poker that's being played because we're not people don't watch fucking poker, you know. Yeah, but you you're almost like stuck between a rock and a hard place because like there are some moments where you feel like left out because you don't 100% understand what they're talking about. But then in something like Molly's game, it's sometimes it's like redundant to slow the whole movie to a halt to explain yeah, poker to people. It's a tricky, you know? yeah, it's a, it's a um, what you call a classic difficult decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I am curious because as you guys know, I mean, neither of you guys are crippling gambling addicts like I am. Um, I tried to download a Caesars Palace app to see if I could do online gambling that way because I am a fiend. Uh, so, and I am very avid in uh, different lingos and stuff like that whenever it comes to gambling. Do you think that this movie, that something, it would be something that I would appreciate more? Keep in mind, I really like Molly's game. Yeah, no, there, there are definitely certain scenes that you would love. But the movie as a whole, I don't, I wouldn't say that it is a great movie. Um, it's not great. I did like it. I found it enjoyable and fun to watch. I really like John Turturro's character yeah he's he has a couple scenes i there there are certain moments that made me specifically think of you hunter because there's like one scene in particular when they're talking about like the the fact that when you're in the life you operate at a certain level where you kind of like target the schmucks that think that they can just walk into a into a casino and just play some cards and just have a good time and this made you think of hunter this, yeah, well, that's how I run the podcast every week is i just kind of sit back here and i wait for my time to strike yeah you're a piranha opinions. yeah exactly yeah all right uh moving on i have one quick other thing to get to before i give my uh james cameron update i saw darjeeling limited the wes anderson movie this week for the first time and Love I just it. wanted to recommend it to people because yeah. this is a movie that doesn't get talked about enough when Wes Anderson gets brought up. Um, it always gets relegated to like the, 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 the bottom of the rankings every time I, I hear anybody talk about his filmography. And I really enjoyed this movie. I really loved it. I found it to be very human and just very different for what Wes Anderson has been known for. You know, we know him as this very like, heightened overly theatrical very stylized type of filmmaker which granted i love a lot of people don't really subscribe to that and that's fine but uh darjeeling is a very different kind of movie for wes anderson because it doesn't try to be this big theatrical overly stylized thing it focuses on these three brothers in the core uh cast and it's not a big sprawling ensemble and you believe that they're brothers it's and adrian brody uh jason schwartzman and owen wilson and their dynamic just carries the whole movie and then you have all of the beautiful visuals that you'd expect from a wes anderson movie on top of that so it it finds this really good balance between the grounded realism and the heightened theatrics that you usually don't find in a Wes Anderson joint. So it's on HBO right now. 
uh, if you haven't seen it yet, and I highly recommend it. It also came, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right after Owen Wilson's suicide attempt. Oh my God, no way. Either right before or right after. So either way, there's a lot of meta text involved wow. with his character. Mm-hmm. Where would you um, rank this in terms of uh, Wes Anderson movies? So that's a good question because I was trying to update my, um, as I have it on Letterboxd, my, my Wes Rankderson list. I hate it. So I don't get it. Can you it's, please It's number that? four. <laughs> number four. What's the top three? Wow, number four. So Damn. as of now, this is, my, this is my ranking. Number one, Grand Budapest Hotel. Number two, Royal Tenenbaums. Number three, Life Aquatic. And then number four, Darjeeling Limited. I think you're wrong because Fantastic Mr. Fox is the best Wes Anderson. Yeah, where's Rushmore and Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh, Just right below him, just five and six. Fantastic Mr. Fox is the only movie poster I have in my apartment right now. That's the thing about Wes Anderson is like, I feel like you could make a case for any one of his movies because they're all that good. And it just depends on what you connect with on a a personal level. I will say, I think that we all really enjoyed Isle of Dogs, and I have the Blu-ray for it, and I have had no desire to go back and revisit that. Movie. No, it hasn't Maybe aged very well in my mind. I think I discussed this on the on episode. I've been wanting to do a Wes Anderson watch-through in preparation of his new movie that is maybe coming out this year. Who knows? Um, hopefully, oh, That's a hard maybe. <laughs> um, hard maybe. Uh, but I've been wanting to do a uh, deep dive back into his filmography because I the only movies of his I haven't seen are Darjeeling and Moonrise Kingdom. Are the only I haven't seen I've Moonrise seen. Kingdom. I haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom. Bottle Rocket is Moonrise Kingdom is a hard hard number two. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a, it's a hard um hard uh, dick for pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who, who, okay, so... Those are some fighting time. words, buddy. I, I think right now is the time that I reveal that I'm Scamble Shanks. Um, <laughs> no. Anything that I say is not uh, punishable. You can punish <laughs> Shanks, the railway cat, for that. <laughs> Dan, do you, like, uh, do you like Moonrise Kingdom because you can relate back to you and ours uh, Boy Scout days that we had together? Oh, good, so yeah. yeah it's, it's me feeling you up in a tent. Yeah, yeah, Dane and Hunter just like stripping down to their underwear and like running away. Dancing dancing by the lake. Hey, it's quirky. It's quirky and hip. I I watched Moonrise Kingdom for the first time when I was under the age of 18, so I don't think it's that weird. Listen, uh if if kids are naked to Paul Simon music, it's actually not uh bad. It's okay. It's hey, I'm, okay. I'm getting an update right now. Somebody enhanced the shot of Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein, and it looks like Wes Anderson is in the background. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, so that was Ernest <laughs> said that one, though. <laughs> so, if there are any copyright lawyers or whatever the fuck PR guys come in, uh, let's get to my uh, Cameron corner, uh, here with my Jim Cameron watch through. Uh, I've been riding on my James Cameron train the past uh, couple weeks, and I am at the Terminator station today. Choo Choo, the cat on the railway train. Um, and I am happy to report that, yes, 
Terminator 2 Judgment Day is an action masterpiece, as has been widely reported. It's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like, I don't need to go on and on about this because this is just a, a cinematic staple at this point. If you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend it. Um, it just fucking roars from start to finish. It's one of those movies that, like, gets to it immediately and just doesn't fucking stop the whole time. Um, and I was thinking about the take that this is like the best action movie ever made. Cause a lot of people have had this take and it's really hard to disagree with that. Not just because of the action itself and the incredible like vehicle stunts that they accomplish, but the movie has like three leads. It's Arnold as the Terminator Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor and um, John Connor, who is played by Edward Furlow. Yeah. Um, and they all get great moments. They all carry the movie together. They share it. And they all have like really intense emotional beats that carry their arcs across the whole thing. It's just like a perfect script in every way. Um, and they blew up a building. They did that shit. I don't think that's real. What? I don't think that's allowed. Oh yeah. No, they got, they got special permission, um, from, um, the, uh, cybernet. Um, Skynet. But yeah, I mean, this, this movie is, it's fucking incredible. I could go on and on about it forever. Um, I also saw the first Terminator, and it's also great, obviously not as good as T2, because T2 is just the perfect example of improving on the original in every way. But the first Terminator still has a lot of redeeming qualities. I mean, uh, Michael Bean as Kyle Reese, who I shouted out last week from uh, The Abyss, my uh, heavy um, Scoot McNary energy guy just carrying that energy straight into Kyle Reese as uh, in Terminator. I, I will stand by my take from last week that Scoot McNary in an alternate universe would kill in all the same roles as Michael Bean. I think that that's kind of the, as far as like looks go, that's like the best compliment anyone's ever paid Scoot. Um, yeah. Because he is a, uh, he's, you know, he's beta. I get beta roles because that's what he looks like. I am curious. I know that the future Terminator movies aren't actually directed by Cameron, but have watching the first two inspired you to go on a Terminator deep dive? A little bit. I I am I am considering go it. back and revisit Salvation yeah. and Dark Fate. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen Dark Fate, so I feel like if I'm gonna go down that path, I might as well. Just go for Cameron produced joints, and you will watch so many more bad movies. If you're gonna do that, you gotta like you gotta let me know where like peak Terminator is and when you can stop watching. Well, peak peak Terminator is T two, a hundred percent. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. So then after this is is Rise of the Machines, which I barely remember. Then Salvation, which is the one with Christian Bale, which I actually have fond memories of, even I've though a lot of people hate on one. it. Oh, you so, never seen T two? All no, right, you I gotta haven't. see T two. Um, yeah. another quick word about the first one. 
I just want to reiterate like how perfect Arnold is as this character. I feel like we don't talk about that en- enough. And like he went on to have like this crazy career trying to do comedy and like just became a whole action star all on his own and then a fucking governor and shit. But that first Terminator movie, he is so perfect as this like machine. He just is a machine. He has like 17 lines total in the movie. And he kills it. He's so he's just, good. He's just jacked so, and scary. That's it. Have you guys ever seen Commando? Because I haven't seen Commando, no. Commando is my personal favorite on the Because he is one, he is just as, he's even more fucking huge and jacked in that movie. But it like, it plays on his, almost like the look of him, how he just looks stupid. He looks like a stupid person. And just plays into that. It if you watch it for a comedy, it's an incredible movie. It is it is so much fun. Well, that's the thing that I was getting at with True Lies last week is that he is very very capable of comedic performances if he's used in the right way. You know, he's not just this brutish action star. He has a self awareness that he can bring to roles. Um, and obviously that works really, really well in T2 because in T2, the Terminator becomes this kind of father figure that's so endearing. So the Terminator and T2 is what I watched this week in terms of my Jim Cameron watch through. Really, really enjoyed both of them. Uh, T2 is, surprise, surprise, a fucking masterpiece. It's one of those movies that everybody should see because it it is just a quintessential movie not just in action movies but just film in general cinema in general um so that's it for me on my jim cameron corner hopefully i'll get around to titanic and um avatar i think that's it oh yeah i also mentioned i might try to watch the fucking weird ass um uh deep sea exploration um documentaries that he made i will try my best to secure a copy of titanic on vhs if i am able to make it out to my local goodwill fancy yeah all right hunter it's guaranteed to be there if you could make it to a goodwill I, I, i feel like you can't open up a goodwill store unless you have a copy of titanic on vhs yeah not even one you gotta have like two or three at least well, it's the same thing of like every pawn shop has to have eight copies of Contagion on DVD and Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It's just a mandate. And mandate. night and day. And a gun. <laughs> At least one. That's it. That's all that you need. And a Game um, Boy SP. So I was partially inspired last week uh, by your Cameron watch through and by us doing a review of Magnolia to go back through the films of PTA. Um, I was... Uh, like I said earlier, I was on a plane this week. Uh, I had to fly across the country to help uh, my girlfriend's family move from Oklahoma City to Vegas. So lots of times in planes. And I thought that maybe I could watch some new stuff. And I did watch one new movie, but I didn't really want to get too heavy into new stuff uh, while on a plane because it's just not the best atmosphere to watch something. So I rewatched There Will Be Blood. Um, and 
does it need to be said that this might be like one of the greatest movies ever made? Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like it is perfect in every single possible way. Daniel Day Lewis's Daniel Plainview is one of my favorite performances ever of all time. And watching his whole Breaking Bad arc in that movie is just completely masterful. Of course, Paul Dano is amazing. The score by Johnny Greenwood is impeccable. Paul Thomas Anderson's direction, just the the color palette or the lack thereof in this movie is just incredible. It's it's absolutely masterful. It is on Netflix now. So if for some reason you haven't seen There Will Be Blood, I can't recommend checking out this video. It's it's a perfect film. Um, and then have you guys one, seen this piece from The Guardian? going viral on Twitter today about There Will Be Blood. No. You just about something today? Yeah, so uh, I, I don't want to derail the whole pod, but uh, go on Twitter, uh, or actually oh, no. look up The Guardian, <laughs> There Will Be Blood, and it's a piece written by Ellie Hunt called I've Never Seen There Will Be Blood. For years, men have ordered me to watch this work of stunning genius. <laughs> Having finally succumbed, it turns out they were wrong. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll try to I I haven't I haven't read the piece. I'll try to dive into it. But everyone's on Twitter has been talking about it today, and it just seems like a bad article written in bad faith to try to drive clicks. So yeah, you don't share the article. That's a bad take. Anybody telling me some tell, telling me like not to do something just makes you want to do it more, right? So like, have you now, seen there will be blood? Dave? No, but now I'm probably gonna watch it. So yeah, don't listen to me. Listen to her, and <laughs> go and watch it. Ironically, that's the exact same thought process that led her to not watching it for many years. <laughs> is people fucking telling her to? Which I, you know, I've I've taken part in that culture more than anyone. I mean, Hunter, you can you can attest to that. Anything that Hunter really likes, I will I will not take part in. Second. Oh my god, guys! Still listen never watched a Game of Thrones film. Yeah, I could, I could write I could write an article called like I have not watched all of Twin Peaks for years. <laughs> Hunter Mobley <laughs> will would not shut the fuck up about this fucking show, and now I'm scared that if I enjoy it, I'll have to admit he's right. <laughs> Listen, listen to the, this is in the opening paragraph of this article. Men try to get me to watch There Will Be Blood with them. You might say it's left me with PTAD. Woo! Oh. <laughs> oh, I will, I will go on. We don't need to give this any more time, but it's just funny to me. Yeah, so that take is wrong, and listen to us at We Bought a Mic, who will say what's a men. Yeah. <laughs> listen well, to the men. A movie, how a movie about men and made by men for men is good. <laughs> hey, there's a, there, there, there's a woman in the movie. Wow, look at that. I just, that's the, uh, the Bechtel test. I want to say, you're allowed to not like movies. That's totally okay. Nobody is is being forced to like anything. But that doesn't mean that you have to tell people that they shouldn't like something. Okay? So it goes both ways. You just say you don't like something. Yeah. Well, you can't say you're not allowed to watch this, but I can say that you have to like it. 
Yeah. Because that's how it works. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I did watch one new movie. That you like, have to like. You don't have to like this one. I, I personally enjoyed it. Uh, it's a movie. It came out last year. It's called Dark Waters. Um, oh. It is a movie uh, about... It, it involves kind of the original uh, Teflon scandal and uh, a man taking on this one lawyer. It's based on a real-life story um, of the lawyer... Uh, trying to find his name here, and I'm not finding it, so it's fine. It's not on Google. Um, but about the guy who actually tried to take on the Teflon company and say, like, hey, this is killing people and causing all of these kinds of diseases in people that have it. It is dangerous to this entire town in West Virginia where toxic chemicals are just being dumped into the water. Um, it's starring Mark Ruffalo as a uh, Rob Billet, that's his name. Um, but it's got Tim Robbins in it, our guy, Anne Hathaway in a complete uh, classic throwaway wife role where she just does absolutely nothing in this movie and that kind of sucks. But other than that, it, I don't really know why this movie went so under the radar as far as awards go. It has all of the elements of a classic Oscar movie. Like the whole time I was watching it, not just because of Mark Ruffalo, but it gave me heavy spotlight vibes. And Spotlight, of course, won Best Picture. This movie is like marginally worse than Spotlight, in my opinion. I'm not super high on Spotlight. I think that's a fine movie that I will never watch again. Um, they knew! They knew! Uh, I think maybe that's why it didn't get the love is because Mark Ruffalo doesn't yell once in this movie. Um, Ooh, instead, he has so he's he's like they knew they knew <laughs> um i was screaming they knew at one point when he's there's a courtroom scene where he you could tell he just he wanted to say it like it was coming out of his mouth and he's like no 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 i've already done that before i can't do that again um <laughs> but no it's a really cool like uh true life story about the about kind of corporations being bad and the EPA turning a blind eye to these things. It's a movie that's very, uh, I hate to use this word, but timely. Mm -hmm. uh, especially because it's, yeah, timely, important, wherever you want to use for it. Because like, we still have shit like this happening now. This is a case that took over the, it took like 20 plus years for them to actually do anything about this, which is not a great sign for the people like in Flint, Michigan that they're just going to probably be fucked for the next 20 years and then maybe they'll get something out of it, but probably not. Um, and stuff like this is just going to keep happening from uh, society. So it's yep. not exactly a feel-good movie, I will say. Maybe not uh, the most uplifting film. Neither is There Will Be Blood if you're looking for a good time while you're in quarantine. Unless you want to abandon your child, abandon your boy. If I abandoned my child! I abandoned my boy. If you find joy in leaving your deaf child alone, forgotten, then it's a feel-good movie for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but that's Dark Waters. I don't have a ton to say about it. I do recommend it to people, uh, especially if that does sound, like what I described, if it sounds interesting to you. If it sounds like something that's a slog uh, that you wouldn't like, then 
I can't really say there's enough there that would like pull you in. I've been meaning to watch it because I feel like because I am in an environmentalist line of work, it is my duty to see this movie because it is a true story. You specifically. Yeah. I need need to see this. Also, Mark Ruffalo is like a hardcore environmentalist. So he's not just making the movie for a paycheck. He also, he executive produced this movie. Like you can tell that he was one of the people who was pushing it. That's why I think that he was really bummed out that this just got no awards love whatsoever. I mean, my guy, you're going up against Tarantino, Scorsese, Bong. I I have a theory that if this movie came out in like 2015 or even 2017, this would have been like a front runner or a top three pick for best picture. But last year yeah. was just too good of a year that Stop. it just—it's it the same Joker's year. Mercy. Just Mercy was another movie that like checked all the boxes. It's got like a young star in it. It's got like the aging veteran who's already won an Oscar and Jamie Fox. It's about a real life story and just nobody. Cares. So, Dark Waters, baby. That's right. Dark Waters. One thing that will lift your spirits up in these troubling times is the bright and vibrant world of Animal Crossing New Horizon. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so I Dane, definitely know I this know game. That, I know so much about this game. I, as you've seen from screenshots on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically played it just by scrolling on Twitter. I feel like I just know exactly what it is. And I, 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 I don't know what this is <laughs> so i don't think you know what it is so i will be honest uh i never really played the animal crossing games before this game me neither uh, i didn't have a 3ds and i didn't have uh whatever the game was that was on the wii um i think that was uh new leaf sounds no, right. new leaf was on yeah, there's 3ds you're right yeah i can't remember which one was on there but my, my old roommates had that one. The the Yeah, the, I never really got into Animal Crossing, but this has been like a perfect quarantine game where it's just like, it's a game where you're not meant to just sit down and play it for 12 hours at a time. You just pick it up each day. You throw like an hour or two towards it, maybe a little bit more if you're trying to like build up your town or do whatever. But it's just the perfect game to just kind of have in your life right now. It is... The cute factor of this game, I don't think that it should be underrated. That it just, it looks fucking beautiful. And that does still mean something. It is like a very charming and pleasing aesthetic to this game. And for a game that I didn't really think that I'd be super into, because it's like, oh, cool, you just like gather fruit and chop down trees and stuff. Like when you describe Animal Crossing to people, it doesn't sound engaging or interesting. But it is just like really fun to put this whole town together and gather up other villagers to come to your town and do kind of lots of other stuff. Luckily, I mean, the Switch Nintendo is great about just doing all these like free updates and stuff to like, all right, today there's going to be a fishing tournament or to, for this month, there's going to be an egg hunt that will make you hate the sight of eggs. Yeah, but- fuck Bunny Day. Bunny Day was the worst fucking day. thing. But- Bunny Day still haunts my nightmares. Dan, why don't you talk a little bit about Animal Crossing? Okay, Animal Crossing, I, I went into it, so all my roommates were like, I love Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is the best thing I've ever played. I'm going to get it. Dan, you should 
probably not play it because you won't enjoy it because you like <laughs> to optimize everything and do it the best possible way. I've found that Animal Crossing, it's like it's pretty much impossible at, without time traveling. And, and that, that goes into like what Hunter was saying, where you pick it up for a little bit every day and j- just a little bit every day is enough to like ha- have a good time. You, you're, uh, you feel like you're accomplishing something by, by just accumulating wood or just picking your fruit grows every couple of days. So you, you, you shake all the trees and get all the fruit. You catch all the bugs and fish for the month. And, and that's, it's surprisingly really fun. So I came in with the mindset, well, I'm going to be a bad guy. I'm going to go to everybody's islands, chop down all the trees, dig holes around everybody's houses so they can't leave. Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to be a terrible, terrible person. When, <laughs> when I, when, and, and then I, and I started playing and I was really shocked at how, how much this game made me not want to be a bad person. <laughs> I like, I got I got attached to to these these fictional animal islanders and I I it's so hard for me to do anything that upsets them now. It's it's very it's it's strange and and I finally get why people like Animal Crossing. So you're talking about the non-player characters or actual yeah, other yeah, users? Yeah, just just the the NPCs. Like I've got a little goat named Pashmina and and I would never do anything to hurt her. I What have you got to eat? <laughs> never i i i did i'd eat tank before i'd eat pashmina <laughs> tanks to rhino oh I, I oh whoa I, yeah <laughs> i'd eat the goat before the rhino man come no, on pashmina is so much cooler than tank so there is a whole uh i don't know if you've deep dived on stuff of the uh philosophy behind animal crossing because of course there are some animals that have sentience and have life in our villagers on your island and also at the same time, you're like capturing bugs and fish and putting them on display in a museum. So like, what is the hierarchy of animals in this society that we have that like, you're a rabbit, you are the leader of this group, you are fine here, but like, fuck that butterfly. That butterfly belongs in a cave. Like, not- I don't- what, what shocks me more is like, like the sharks and stuff. I think I think a shark is probably more sentient than a rabbit or a, a mouse. That'd be my guess. I don't I don't know shit about animals. Uh, do you have any rules for your island? What like, do you mean by rules? I don't allow birds to live on my island. <laughs> Yo, that's fucked up. The only what bird do you got that, against birds, man? I, I hate birds. There's I don't want to go into it right now because it's <laughs> a lot of time. The only bird that's allowed on my island is the bird that I have to have on my island, and that bird hates being shown bugs, so I show him bugs all the time. Oh man, you gotta love Blathers though. Blathers, uh, Blathers, the owl museum uh, host is—it's it, just—it's such a charming game. Like I can't get over. Like I think I went into it almost expecting, like, oh, you know, I'll treat this game like I did Sims back in the day. Like I had the original Sims on PC. And the way that I did Sims was I would build up my stuff and I'd build a little house and whatever and have fun. And then eventually I'd just get bored and I'd kill all my Sims. And I don't ever feel that way with playing Animal Crossing. I think it is because it is like charming enough and there's always stuff to do every day that you pick up the game. And like right now I'm trying to get 
my boy KK Slider to come and play a concert at my island. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to keep building shit to like make this dog come and sing songs on my island. Because the, I only, the only thing I've wanted to axe murder on my island has been Zipper, the Bunny Day Rabbit. Uh, not even Blathers. It's, it's been that, that fucking rabbit haunts my dreams still. Yeah, so that was bad. That was the first event that they did for Animal Crossing was a bunny day event in which you had to gather. There were eggs just all over your island, and you had to gather the various eggs to make stuff to eventually get like a wand and I a bunch of stuff. But they they fucked up. They fucked up the algorithm of it, so there was just eggs everywhere, and you couldn't get anything else except for eggs. And eventually I did just build everything because I was like, fuck it, I have all these eggs and might as well just build shit with them anyways and sell them. Um, they they did but, patch yeah. that out at some point in time, but it was still hell, so. Yeah, it, it was too much. Hopefully they've learned to fix it. Usually Nintendo is great about doing stuff and like listening to feedback from people and everything else. They're probably like the best company whenever it comes to that. So I, I have faith. I do like it. I did get a rabbit villager that come came to my island, um, and I tried to turn rabid, like rabies. No. You have to put them no, down. Like a, a little bunny, a little oh. bunny turns into Animal Crossing zombies. <laughs> yes, that, that, that is the 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 night clowns that come. But we won't get into the night clowns here. Um, Drew's <laughs> face while I'm describing this game is the most bewildered thing that I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I still don't understand what this game is. You just, you literally just like do chores. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's no, chores. You're, you game. paid money for Fortnite. You paid money for a free <laughs> game that you could dress like Deadpool. I don't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, but at, at least in Fortnite, you get to, you get to pew pew shoot shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Animal Crossing is a game with no villain, and that's part of why I wanted to be a terrible person. Um, I wanted to be that villain for everybody else. No, I, I wanted to be I, the bad guy to overcome. Yeah, listeners should know Dane is wearing clown makeup right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a juggalo. He is putting on a happy face. I'm gonna, I'm gonna become one of those Twitter motherfuckers now, who's just like, uh, you know, uh, I say when when this all when society collapses, we guillotine Tom Nook first. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. You know, I'm gonna be one of those posters. Yeah, Post, like, I'm gonna... shots of my little like a fucking fig that I grew. If I'm being truly honest, Tom Nook isn't nearly as bad as I thought he was going to be. As everybody, uh, I Drew, I think Drew's just jealous that he can't feed a seagull. In or kill a seagull in a lighthouse in so, Animal Crossing. I have that has been one of the best things about Animal Crossing has been the Twitter screenshots. I don't care what anybody says. I love that shit of people reenacting. I did build a lighthouse and I'm trying to craft a perfect outfit to reenact the lighthouse on my island. I've seen uh I have quoted uncut gems to my girlfriend uh ad nauseum at this point by just selling turnips for the stock market you get it s a s e a l k stock market no um, i don't get it um and i am selling terms and every time i do it i turn to her and say this is how i win uh as i'm turning a profit slowly at a time um so okay. yeah no so that stuff is all good it's all I, great it's a great i'm in a, a trash room that i'm turning into a shrine to danny devito 
<laughs> there you go. There's like garbage bags and trash cans and box sofas and landfill wallpaper and flooring. It's great. Is it a specific version of DeVito? Is it like it's Batman a, it's, Returns DeVito? Or? So I've seen a bunch of people had this idea also, just because Danny DeVito is the trash man. Mm. But but the specific painting that I have in my my little shrine to Danny DeVito is um him walking naked after he climbs out of the uh the sofa <laughs> oh and sunny in the Christmas sunny episode yeah. so nice. it's just it's just a bare DeVito ass that I'm worshiping yeah and he's covered in hand sanitizer <laughs> different episode but but yeah I should probably also hang that that picture up I still don't know what Animal Crossing is. <laughs> it's a great game. Go buy a fucking Switch. It is a Switch is a goddamn godsend. Switches are impossible to buy right now. They, they are. Well, yeah. Somebody somebody posted a thing about how to build your own Switch. I don't know about that, but okay. If you're out there and you built your own Switch, let us know how it went. Yeah. Right in. Um so one other game, I'll go quickly on this one. Um that I have been playing that is not on the Switch is it was on sale. GameStop had a big old sale this past weekend. Uh, and I picked up The Outer Worlds. Um, this game, for people who don't know, it is made by Obsidian, the people who made Fallout New Vegas. Notably, uh, the people at Obsidian were pissed off at Bethesda because Bethesda is a terrible company that treats their employees horribly. So. Sorry, I'm watching Dane do illicit things on the on the thing here. Dane, turn I off muted the, him. Okay. Um, so I played um this game like it just gives me classic Fallout vibes, which is what I was looking for in this game. I almost got Fallout 76, and then I thought to myself, why? Um, I could save ten dollars, but just why get a game that I had yet to personally know a person who says like this is a good game that i enjoy so i've already put in probably about eight to ten hours in the outer worlds and it's just it's really fun it's a beautiful game uh as far as the aesthetic of it goes uh the actual like characters faces and stuff is not uh perfect i think that uh i honestly think here's um god of war like for the PS4, like rotted my brain as far as what good graphics are because yeah. now anything that I look at just doesn't. I'm like, oh, this isn't quite I, as beautiful. I as feel it the same way. I feel the same way playing um, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, it's just yeah, like it's not as smooth. Like God of War is like perfectly smooth. Every motion, every mechanic, and then when when Jedi gets a little jittery, a little laggy, I'm like, fuck this shit. I mean, yeah, no, I, it, which is not fair to hold any right. the standard of like one of the greatest games in the last, I don't know, five years or so that's come out, if not longer than that. Um, but I, Outer Worlds, I mean, if you like the old Fallout games, specifically Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, then this is a game that I would definitely recommend to you. It's still on sale right now. It's like 30 bucks or so, I think. Um, and it's a really cool story. It's got like kind of the classic Fallout mindset where it's almost more interesting, the, not the main story, but all the side stuff that's happening. Like scientism, belief in science is its own religion versus philosophism, which is just like the idea of like 
all these uh, like basically philosophy against uh science are different and you get to pick the story that you want to follow based on the the people you kind of support in the yeah it's it's the same thing as uh, specifically with fallout new vegas where there are the different clans and stuff and you can really change the entire story that you're going on based on what you want to do like i uh in the first planet that i landed on for example i overthrew the old guy and put together put in charge this new eco-friendly lady who's just like all about growing plants and shit because i was like she seems chill um better than this corporate board scum um but yeah i i was looking for a a good kind of story mode based game to like pair with the animal crossing because i like to have a game that's like story centric and then a game that i can just kind of play more casually at the same time so if you're into fall games definitely recommend giving does it have the building mechanic that yeah. okay i it enjoyed that See, I was not super into the building. Yeah. Game, which is barely, that's all that Fallout 76 is. It's just like, here, keep building. <laughs> um, so I never really got super into that part. There is a lot of modification stuff you can do with your weapons, which is really cool. Uh, you can get into like super, like I have an AR that is just so OP right now at this point in the game that I am at that I can just fucking take out anybody. Um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't have any of like the building settlements and stuff to fall out for. Nice. All right, Dane, why don't you take us home with a little bit of uh, Dave talk on Dave. FX? Okay. I uh, Dave premiered what? Same, same night as uh, devs, right? Probably. Yeah. I, I was not on devs uh, immediately. I, I, but, uh, but Dave, I've uh, I've been I little Dicky I I respect his uh, his rapping ability I I think that he is uh, very good with words and and I think Drew said it uh, I think I think little Dicky just wanted to be an actor and that was that was the whole game really truly have to I I think that this is uh, the best place for him uh, I'm actually truly uh, hoping for and looking forward to uh, like a soundtrack for the season uh, being put out. Um, but, but the, the entire show, I, I, I think there's like plenty of room to grow and it started uh, like good enough that, that I've continued watching it. Right. Uh, the, the cast is, is pretty good. Uh, what's this uh, taco from odd future is a, is a sound engineer. Nice. Yeah, I was I was real into that, and then um. So is it like autobiographical? It's semi autobiographical. Okay, is how they've described it, and so so I think it's it, like little Dicky's playing himself as a character. Uh, one thing that I've really really enjoyed about it is uh, they're not afraid to make the characters flawed, to have the characters uh, then go through. Uh, some sort of you know character arc transformation to become better people, which which I'm I was uh, very surprised at honestly. I was I was kind of expecting uh, like the opposite, where it was like little Dicky is just like yo I'm little Dicky I'm Dave I'm a great person everybody loves me, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see that that was not at all the take that he had. It was it was more like 
I'm just a regular guy. I have regular guy problems. I just also happen to be aspiring to be a rapper while I have these regular guy problems. And that's, that's essentially the show. Yeah, he's, he's got a tiny penis. It's, uh, it's ribbed all the way up and down. It's like the ball skin, but all the way up the shaft. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen this show, Drew? No. Um, I've, I've been absolutely bombarded with targeted advertising for it, though. That's what, he, that's what Instagram thinks of me. I think he would. I, so, so, like, one of the first, I think it's the second episode, they do it. The, the episode is basically he's got to, like, perform his first show. And, and he gets an offer. He's, they're like, can you, play, can you, can you do a, a set at this show? Or, or at this event and the event is a kid who died and they're doing a memorial service and he listened to little dicky's music so the parents ask him if he'll do a set at the memorial service and so he's overthinking the entire time about that's a really fucked up thing to do mm-hmm. why why are you making me do this and i don't know kevin hart uh is a producer and i think i think i saw like some interview where it was Little Dicky was playing somebody's birthday party and then met Kevin Hart afterwards. And Kevin Hart was like, you want to do a TV show? And and that was pretty much how, how the whole thing got started. I mean, say what you will about Kevin Hart, like being funny or not. That, that man knows how to make money. Hell yeah. So I, I think, I think this was a great, great play. A uh, good, good investment. And I mean, I've, I've really, I've I've enjoyed it. There's there's been some like uh, up and down kind of episodes, but but for the most part, I, I think the entire series has probably been uh, between a seven and a seven and a half. Okay, solid. Yeah, it wraps up uh, next week, so it, it's it's really a ten good. it's a ten episode season, and I was just looking it up because it is created by Lil Dicky, who is credited as Dave Bird. Um, and he wrote the pilot and the finale and then a couple episodes here and there in between. Um, and it's mostly directed by this guy named Greg Matola, who directed Superbad, oh, uh, and Adventureland and Paul, the alien Seth Rogen thing. It was also okay. also directed some episodes of Undeclared and Arrested Development. Um, so he, you know, he's a, a, a good collaborator there. Also, uh, I just saw this, but uh, tomorrow night's episode, we're recording this on a Tuesday, it airs on a Wednesday, is directed by Ben Sinclair of High Maintenance hey, uh, fame. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so any chance we get to shout out hype maintenance on this podcast, we'll take, I've heard, I've heard great things about Dave. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't made the jump to actually start it yet. Um, but I've been very surprised about the number of people tangentially that have said how good the show is. They're, they, I, I think they, they, put a lot of their budget into just getting uh big name rappers to to cameo on the show like that's always y- been a big move of dickies uh, y- yg's in the uh in the pilot oh and then, nice. uh, they they spend the like the entirety of the second episode comparing uh little dicky to macklemore 
and and little dicky hates that and, <laughs> and then at the very end up. macklemore shows up and it's i, I yeah. might have just ruined that episode but i mean ultimately <laughs> i like i mean it's like you said i respect that man's hustle like dave bird is a fucking hustler of comedy uh like i said he's been very open about the fact that this hip-hop thing was supposed to just kind of be a stepping stone to him becoming an actor uh he's immensely talented at rapping is the problem he's so good at rapping he's really really good at yeah he's good at like really complex lyricism and my issue has always been that he the lonely island 100% 100% always viewed themselves as outsiders. And eventually he started buying into his own bullshit. And he started saying, hey, let me in. Let me into this fucking community. He wrote a fucking song uh, with that s- song with Snoop Dogg, where the song, he obviously he wrote both parts of the lyrics and Snoop Dogg's part of the lyrics is literally just saying, hey, you're cool. You're a good rapper. I like you now. Oh, man. Like, there's a lot of that with Lil Dicky. There's a lot of like... There's a lot of self-aggrandizing and well, pretending that it's other people doing it. They they do address that in the show though, where where they have people say like, "You think you're so fucking good," and you're like, "Well, I have to if I want to be a, a famous rapper," which yeah. it makes sense if you don't if you aren't gonna believe that you're the best rapper alive, then who the fuck is gonna believe that you're the best rapper alive? No, no. Yeah. So it becomes a problem of like, hey, are you an outsider or are you trying to be a hip hop person? Uh it always just wrote me the wrong way. I also think he's done just done some uh some of like the worst shit I've ever seen. Like that uh Save the Earth song really, really, really made me want to just blow my brains out. It made me not want to save the earth. <laughs> well, I mean it's better than Comparing him to other popular white rapper Logic, who wrote a song about uh, uh, not yourself. Fuck you. That. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's it's just uh, it's like I said. I respect him as a comedian. Uh, a lot of the moves that he has made, I think, have been transparently like chess moves. And if you're trying to be a comedy person, that is like the worst look is to be so careerist. Uh, and that ultimately is an issue I have with him. That said, though, I fully believe you that Dave is probably exactly where he belongs. And I bet you anything, he is grinding his ass off to make sure this is a good show because that's the guy he is, you know? Yeah. I, I do his think- chance to prove himself. If this is what he really wants to do is to be an actor or a writer or whatever, or actor writer, it's like you don't get a second first impression at a show about yourself with your name as the title. And it's doing very well and people like it because Lil Dicky has millions and millions of very devoted fans. Yeah. yeah. We, we often <laughs> reference the attempt that Mulaney had at the same thing and he crashed and burned, but now he's back as a, one of the most successful comedians of a generation. So it's not like it's it's over for for somebody like him, but um, I think I think I'm gonna give it a, a shot when I get a a chance to dive in. It's it's pretty good. I I I I would recommend it. All right. Uh, last thing before we end the episode, I think Dane has a take on <laughs> X Men that he wants he, to share. 
you thought my take did you think it was a hot take or uh what what did you describe it's, my take it's, as? it's a take that i i think i agree with so so uh with this whole quarantining stuff i i've had a lot of time right and a lot a lot of streaming services and and so in addition to to uh the, the normal tv shows that i watch uh i've been giving some stuff on disney plus just you know just just a chance and then uh, uh that kind of evolved so i've uh over the past couple of weeks been trying to consume as much x-men content as i possibly can so you watch the so, 90s series on disney uh, plus that's one of the ones i didn't finish i think that was the only one i didn't finish no i didn't finish the gifted but that's a live action um so yeah, the, the I'm, I'm surprised that you even gave gifted a shot. I heard nothing but like it, it was not I, things. But I watched I watched two episodes of it and I was not not into it. And then the '90s episode was just the way they portrayed Wolverine, and then mixed with the voice acting and the animation was too much for me. But I watched Evolution, and then X Men Wolverine and the X Men was the name of the, the other one. Uh, and then X X Men, X X Two, X Three, X Men Origins. Wow. Uh, first class. Um, first class. Um, Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Apocalypse. Uh, the one where Wolverine's in Japan. The Wolverine. Was that the Wolverine? Yeah. And and then Logan. And what I what I can safely say from all of this is that there's no such thing as good X-Men media except for Logan. Lo wow. Logan is the best X-Men that they could do, and it's the only one that I've found to be like better than just bearable to watch. I, I actually I didn't finish Dark Phoenix. I started Dark Phoenix and was like, wow, this is just straight it's garbage. So Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, we did a whole review podcast on that one. And that's one of the ones that like, I regret even watching. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, I find redeeming qualities in a lot of the X Men movies like X2 has a lot of good stuff. Brian Cox is in that movie. You think X2? Really? The first that's one, my least favorite. The first one is is fine. The first one has some good stuff. in it. I, I think they all have some good stuff in it. I think the ones that cross over into like good are X-Men, X2, uh, First Class, and Days of Future Past. I think all of those have like pretty good stuff. I think Fossbender as Magneto really carries a lot of the newer movies. Um, but it's hard to disagree with that take that Logan is the only one that's like truly a great one like like and flat out great one i 100 agree with that take i think that logan is the only movie that the only x-men movie that does reach that level like like you said you mentioned the ones that are really good specifically i love first class and days of future Past. yeah both fun Even movies they're both very flawed movies but i like them a lot days of future past is just very oh. confusing that, Even that the title actually, itself is very confusing. Day, Days <laughs> of Future Past uh, uh, has a lot to do with uh, an original, like uh, a comic book story arc, mm -hmm. which most of the fans are like, was confusing as fuck anyways. Yeah. So they weren't upset with how confusing that movie was. But the, the X-Men movies always found themselves in this box that it was always like, 
oh, we live in this mansion and life is so hard for us because we're being persecuted. But in the comics, it was so much more than that. In the comics, it it was like big and cosmic and time travel and just crazy super hero comic book shit. In the in the comic books, uh, at least some of the original ones, the the point was uh, so like it was it had a lot to do with the persecution of mutants versus humans. Yeah, and so uh, Professor X was essentially MLK from mutants. <laughs> yeah, and then Magneto was not necessarily a bad guy; he was just an extremist. And so right, he was, he was Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I that's why I've really. I love the source material for X-Men and I just don't think that anybody's really put together a good like adaptation or representation of, of what the original X-Men, you know, was. And that's why there's no good X-Men yeah. media. But even, even Logan like- doesn't try to do hardcore comic book shit. It, it just tries well, to do a Western in yeah, the skin of an X-Men movie. What's the what's the Western it's based off of? I've seen the Western. I can't remember the name. Shane. Okay. I believe it's Shane. I'll take your word for it. But it's like it's not even a, an original plot. It's, right. it's it's just they took a Western and they put it in the future and they added X-Men. And it works. It, yeah. it was, and I think part of why it worked is really that they just let Hugh Jackman just like murder a bunch of people on screen. I and think he's that a was, great actor. He can he's, fucking act. I well, that's I'm, been a flaw with all these movies because they get the talent. Like especially yes. whenever in the newscast is like they have this incredible wealth of talent, and then they just bind them down, and they're just like you were an emotional superhero. And that is that is who you are. Like I don't even really love her as an actress. I think that she is uh, very overrated personally. But I mean, even whenever you talk about J Law, she is still a good actress, and she just has She's nothing fine. to do in those movies. I and see, I, I personally have never really liked J Law. I that just what a me. unique take you have there. I, have you heard anyone say anything positive about J Law in like two years? I've said that. I've said that since 2012. I've won that, said that since she won a goddamn Oscar that I didn't think that she was ever really good. But that's you fine. Didn't even, you, barely, uh, you didn't even exist in 2012, Hunter. I started the anti-J-Law hive. Um, oh, my God. But I do think that X-Men is, like, too complicated. And sometimes whenever they try and be too well, faithful to the source material, it takes away from the quality of the movie itself. Which yeah, is I, something... Also, notably, uh, Brian Singer... Uh, who made the first two, not a good guy, but that's not what this was about. But he is like a comic book nerd. And so he made those movies from the eye of a comic book nerd. Comic book, uh, see, I think I have the opposite take of you, though. I think, I think keeping it simple is probably the better way to do it rather than trying. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. No, that is what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's bad whenever they're trying to throw in that's the problem with dark phoenix is dark phoenix tries to fit this huge sprawling arc into one movie and it's just a disaster rough dane have you seen legion on fx yeah. so that's I, technically a, an I, x-men media 
that is one that that is one of the ones that I did finish. Okay. Uh, so I'm right now in the process of rewatching Legion um, because I, I never saw the third season. So I went back to the beginning, started over with my girlfriend and exactly we're, watching, what I did. we're watching through <laughs> all the way to catch up to the point where I left off um, at the beginning of season three and finishing all the way. That show captures so many of the things that a comic book movie can't quite get to the really adventurous visual style that that show is able to do that you never see in movies works so well in the context of that show because it's exploring this like mentally unstable character and it's doing it with like these super out there stylistic flourishes and even though it doesn't specifically reference the x-men or any of the comics in any way season three does oh does it okay it does okay does it get into legion being exists your son yes oh i can't wait oh my god that's gonna be so good i see i think i think legion was at its prime in the first season i think the first season it's perfect it's a masterpiece it's a perfect single season of television in every way I think the second season was too long. I think that was too the long and, and too a little bit maybe over ambitious. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. This yeah. well because Noah Hawley he succeeded at making like a three episode arc that all takes place in the span of a second. Like that is just so mind bending, and he made that work. And I think yeah. that got him to go a little bit too up his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, all right, cool. Season two, we're going to open up. It's going to be a fight, but it's going to be a dance battle fight. See, was, that's how we're going to show this. And I love that. That was the best shit, was the dance battle. I so like those, good. But I didn't like when like the, the finale is supposed to be this epic battle, and there's like a like giant gorilla monster <laughs> that's like animated fighting behind them it reminded me of scott pilgrim is like the vibes that i was getting it's when they're in a rock battle with each other and i couldn't really take it seriously i am but glad I that want, i am re-watching I it i do want to get around to that i am glad that i am re-watching it though because i feel like the first time i try to watch the second season of legion i had no idea what the hell was happening and now that I'm like going back and kind of filling in the gaps, I'm like understanding so much of it so much more and appreciating it uh, because I understand like what's happening in the plot. Um, but I I don't usually rewatch shows uh, because of the time commitment. But the fact that like we're in fucking quarantine right now is just the perfect chance to be like, hell yeah, let's fucking rewatch Legion. What else are we doing? Now, now, uh, at the beginning of the third season, have you you haven't started the third season yet? I am about to get there. I will so update it, you when I get there. I'm I'm very in, close. In the first episode of season three, uh, that's actually where I found my my album for quarantine. Uh, there's a there's a scene like right near the beginning of the first episode of season three, where a band called Super Organism they play oh, themselves. Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't listened to Superorganism, you need to check out. Super they have a really fun uh, Tiny Desk concert as well. I, I fapped to that. Like that was, I beat my meat hard to that album. <laughs> Whoa. Is that is that two words or one? Superorganism. One it's word. One word. Okay. It's okay. Really, cool. I just found them. 
Yeah, we'll check them should. out. Yeah, I do follow a Spotify playlist that is the full Legion seasons one, two, and three soundtrack, and it's amazing. It's like it's some of the song. best oh. music ever in any it's, show. It's like all psychedelic from like sixties like through the nineties for yeah. the most part. There's like Jefferson I mean, Airplane and James even Addiction. modern. Yeah, even modern stuff like Tame Impala. Bonnie Vare, the Bonnie Vare song that's in uh episode, it's in season two. Yeah. In that one episode where they just go through her life and everything is just it's one of my favorite episodes of television. Oh, I just I just saw that one the other night. So and I was like, good. fuck yes, this episode fucking rules. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. All right. Legion on FX and X-Men and Dave. Uh Dave also on FX. So now owned by Disney who owns all of us so check all of it out and check out all the other stuff that we talked about on this episode thanks for listening we got to wrap it up uh thanks dane for coming on and we'll have you uh sticking around for devs so check out our devs review uh as a separate episode this week and we'll be back next week with another great episode of we bought a mic uh no new movies still for the foreseeable future we don't even know honestly if there's even going to be any new movies in 2020 so we'll keep it going trolls world tour for best picture let's go i'm starting the campaign oh i should have talked about how um i watched that no way you did oh my god true (laughs) you watched the first trolls movie you did not get right oh that was the first one um i I didn't like it That's going to do it for this week. Um, We'll see you uh, next uh, year. Yeah. Follow us on social media. We bought a mic and you can always write to us uh, via email. We bought a mic at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail anchor.fm slash we bought a mic. Keep it socially distant. Keep it non virus E and always thank your delivery people, your grocery people, and your nurses and doctors. Thank you all for keeping us chugging along. Until next time. Podcasters, would you? Yeah, come on. We're we're still waiting on our on our podcaster relief bill from Congress. It's yeah. not looking good out there for us. And and we're, we're doing the work. We're Do we qualify as a small business because of Brian and Brett's donation every month? Yeah. I think it might actually be making too much money. To yeah, we it. might have to give it back, actually. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, yeah, actually, huge, huge thank you to our monthly donors, Brett Nemiroff and Brian Adams. You guys are keeping this show going because Donald Trump is useless. He signed a check and he signed it incorrectly, so it bounced. That man can't even write his own name. Come on, man. Fat check doesn't do anything if you sign in huge, fat, Sharpie marker all over and you can't even read anything else on the check. Idiot. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.